You're listening to Market Interviews with Ruben Wolf, where I talk to seasoned CEOs, startup founders, and domain experts about the inner workings of the market they operate in. The show aims to spark inspiration and seed ideas in entrepreneurs that are the ones advancing our society and keeping technology moving forward. All right. Hey, Andy, nice to have you on the show. You're here to talk about Glovebox. Why don't you yeah. get started with a basic intro to your product? Sure. Thanks so much for having me. This will be fun. Uh, definitely want to give an insight to what we're doing here at Glovebox, an insure tech company. Um, Glovebox, quick 30-second elevator pitch on what Glovebox is. We are essentially an insurance wallet. Uh, where do you keep your insurance documents, uh, your ID card, your deck page, uh, in a filing cabinet or in your glove box, of course. Glovebox allows policyholders to access their carrier uh, regardless of who it's written with. So you could have insurance with Progressive, Travelers, Nationwide, Safeco, whoever. Download Glovebox, access your policy documents, pay a bill, start a claim directly to your carrier through this app so that you do not have to go download just a nationwide app and then next year you move over to Progressive and you have to down delete that app and download Progressive's app. That alleviates all that stress. We're actually solving a solution for the independent channel, which is, you know, there's thousands of independent agencies. For example, the John Smith Agency. John Smith writes business for, you know, tens of companies. He could be writing you with Progressive or Safeco or Travelers or Nationwide, just again those examples. And you, the client, are confused because now you are, are you working with John Smith or are you working with Progressive? So there's some confusion there. So now John Smith can actually license Glovebox for himself or his agency and now offer his clients, hey, download my app. And my app is powered by Glovebox and it gives you access to any of the carriers I've, I've written you with. And now you can use my technology instead of going directly to the company you know, that you're written with. So hopefully that helps give an indication of what Glovebox is. Okay, so um, initially you said uh, B2C app, but but the value proposition is primarily for the independent insurance agent, which I assume they are paying some revenue share. Yeah, yeah. So the app is obviously a B2C, right? Because the consumer is the, one, the end user. Uh, but the business, the independent agency is the one paying for the licensing, right? They're white labeling the technology to themselves. So they're paying a monthly subscription. They're the ones benefiting the most for you having their own technology to offer their clients. Right, and then you said the independent agent can have a, an app of themselves, which then people can download. And just thinking logistically, does that mean you register a new app for each one of them, or they download the Glovebox app, and but then inside the Glovebox app, it's branded for, for that agent? Yeah, it's the latter, where okay. uh, they will download Glovebox, and when they enter their phone number, or their email, we associate that phone number or email to whoever um, you know they're associated with, whichever agency they're associated with. Okay, that makes we actually, sense. Yeah, we get a client list from the agency, and then we can say, hey, John, like John Smith, I keep using the example, is the user. The user is logging in with their phone number, and then we associate, okay, who is John Smith? Oh, he's associated to this agency. Okay, present that agency's app. Okay, and then could you so so this is for the American market only, I assume. Which and and what kind of insurance are we talking? Are we talking house insurance, health insurance? Just uh, home and auto right now. Okay, home and auto. Um, home and auto. Okay, and so these are so the 
both of these are obligatory in most states, I assume. So there, there is some amount of government regulation requiring people to have one, right? Yeah, absolutely. So you have to have home insurance when, when you buy a home because you're probably using a mortgage. In order to close on that mortgage, um, you have to have home insurance. And so that's, like you said, uh, obligatory. And, and it's kind of one of those things, too, where in order to drive a vehicle, you have to have auto insurance. So you have, you have that in place as well. Okay, and so what? Why? Why would uh, somebody looking for auto insurance go to an independent agent who's then going to essentially resell them Progressive or Nationwide when they could just go to Progressive Nationwide or the website itself? What's the benefit? Because they're doing uh, the independent agent is doing the consulting on behalf of the client. So instead of the client just guessing, hey, I'm going to go to Progressive and try getting a quote down there. They can go to the independent agent. The independent agent takes all their info, turns around and bridges that over to 15 companies and says, hey, this company is best for you. Now, here's why. All right. So the middleman is doing all the legwork to quote with all the companies. So they're doing the shopping. It's like a travel agent, right? Their travel agents taking the info and go and get you all the stuff you need. You turn around and get the client everything they need to make sure everything's taken care of. So if you went direct to the company, if I was the consumer and I went direct to Progressive, and that didn't look good. That quote didn't work out. And I'm turning around and doing the same thing with another co- company. So it's kind of just all over the place, right? That consumer has to do all the legwork versus an independent agent takes care of it once and you're all set. Okay. So are the independent agents, are they actually people every time or are there also automated systems? I mean, I, I remember in Switzerland, there's Comparis, uh, which does this kind of insurance comparisons and then gets you a quote, but it's all automated. I'm just wondering, like, what does the market look like? Are they all, are these people doing this? Yeah, I'd say um, most, 90 plus percent are humans. There is a kind of this new model uh, called quote bind issue, uh, QBI, uh, where it's just digital, where you can just go through your independent agent, but it's really just a system that's quoting your information and turning around and and quoting that for you and, and giving you what you, what you're insured with. So there is that digital element, but it's 90 plus percent human. Okay. Do you know what what percentage of people in the U.S. choose to go through an agent versus going direct? Right now it's swaying more towards the independent side. It's a 60% is on the independent side right about now. So it's shifted over the years where it used to be heavy direct. Um, I'd say it was the opposite where it was like 60-40 or 60% were going direct, but it's swayed back into the direction of the independent agent. It's definitely increasing by the day. And I guess the the actual insurance companies doing the financial part of the business, they have to play along, right? I mean, uh, if Nationwide Progressive and the top five got together and just said, no, we're not going to do this anymore, just you have to all buy from us directly, that could kill this whole market. Or is there some law protecting them in some way? No, it could happen. I mean, you know, there's certainly no government. Uh, there's no there's no constriction on the law side. Um, but what's going on is the agent is the distribution channel. So they're the legs behind the business. Uh, they're the ones who are prospecting, quoting, and selling that business for the company. So um, the companies get benefit from having independent agents work for them. Yeah, sales is everything. Okay, good. So, and you said they, so the independent agents, okay, so what promo are we selling for them? So one, you said it's branding so that they have an app and it's clear for the customer to understand how their contracts work. Although I see a lot more features in your app. Could you elaborate a little bit more about the the problem your app is solving? 
one of the biggest problems for the independent agent is they're they're taking a lot of phone calls and emails and text messages throughout the day that have to do with what's called tier one customer service, which means, hey, this request that a client is calling me for makes me no money. They just want a copy of their auto ID card. They just want a copy of their declarations page. They just want to figure out how to pay a bill. Again, all that stuff doesn't make the agent more money. They're just having to deal with it because it's what the client needs help with. So this technology allows them to, again, roll it out to their clients and the clients can just do it themselves. It's a self-service application. And it's better to use an application that's directly tied to the agent versus tied to the company because then the client thinks of the agent first and not the company, right? It's that branding. For sure. Okay, makes sense. All right, so you get, yeah, something that probably Progressive and Nationwide would have inside their app, like Correct. all advanced features that help the, the customer. I mean, can the uh, insurer, can they also submit a claim through this or do they still submit a claim to Progressive directly? Yeah, yeah, they can submit a claim, which is essentially just tying into the system of that company. So if I'm the client and I want to go make a claim with Progressive, I can use Glovebox to select my Progressive policy, click a cl- uh, make a claim, and it directs me right on into Progressive. So essentially what we've done is we have embedded all of the carrier systems into one platform. So we've taken all these different systems from all these different companies and you know rounded them up and put them into one place, and now that client has an easy way to get to where they need to go. Okay, it does sound quite exciting. Okay, I think I, I think I understand the market. It looks it looks very useful. Yeah. I get it immediately. So uh, what was the revenue you did last year or maybe till the end of this year? Yeah, uh, well, we started licensing this in March of 2020, which was crazy timing with COVID. So it's gotten to the point where we now have 200 and about 45 agencies that are live that have rolled out to their clients. Uh, that has returned, we're at about 50K in monthly reoccurring revenue. Um, so, you know, five, 600 in annual reoccurring revenue at the moment, with that increasing heavily as of the past couple of months based on having new employees. Uh, we have a, a sales team of three individuals currently with hiring two more, um, and then uh, a staff, a support staff as well of another uh, 10 individuals that are kind of help build this product and uh, keep clients happy and, you know, making sure we have a very good departmentalized system here. All right. You went, you went straight to my next question. So employee count. So you said most employees right now are in sales and development. What What's the split sales and uh, and uh, development? Yeah, three salespeople, uh, myself and one other in the marketing department. Another, uh, we have a CEO, a COO. Uh, we have four developers and then we have three agency success managers. So they're the ones who are dealing directly with the agency to make sure they're trained and happy and all that good stuff. All right. So just around 10 employees. Nice. Getting up there. I mean, so you guys just released the product and you, I mean, 245 agencies is huge to me. I mean, I assume this is through connections or something. Is so many customers in such a fast time. Yeah. Maybe what was the story behind the first customer? Uh, we launched our first agency in, so we licensed it to the first agency, but they didn't roll out until about, I think it was April or May of 2020. And when we actually clicked launch on that agency, we had no mechanism to roll out. We were just saying, okay, your app is live, go get it in front of your clients. And that was weird because there has to be a, an automation. Like, how are we going to help them get this in front of their clients? So we had to quick pause for a second and say, we need to build a campaign in the form of text messages and emails that are gonna help the agency get this in front of their clients. 
So we built that. We resubmitted the launch where it would send out messages uh, to their clients in the form of a text and an email uh, saying, hey, good news. You know, we acted and sounded like we were the agency. It was coming from Glovebox, but it, it looked and felt like it was the agency was sending the message, inviting them to get started with using their app. Um, so that campaign has helped us have good adoption, have good usage because clients are remembering to go back in and use it. Um, and it's helping the agency not have to focus on rolling out their own technology because they're not going to do it very well. So that was a big deal. That, I mean, that sounds like another killer feature. Still the question, how did you find that first customer? Yeah, so and I apologize, you're right, I didn't really answer that. But um, we have a great presence on LinkedIn. We have a great presence in kind of influencers on social media just based on our background in insurance. And we've been in the trenches and we've sold it and we've managed it and we have uh, owned an agency. So there's some clout there, some rapport. Um, and so people have gravitated towards our uh, business model and what we have built. And so through podcasts, influencers, uh, LinkedIn, digital marketing through email blasts and, and such, uh, we've been able to get in front of these agencies. And then of course, just your cold calls, right? Just reaching out to agencies, finding out if this is a solution for them. And it's absolutely something that's solving a problem. Okay. And has anything changed in terms of your customer acquisition strategy? I mean, you named pretty much everything that uh, you could name, but you know, from, from the very beginning to now, is that yeah. that's your channels? I'd say one of the biggest things that we've added to the mix over the past six months would be partnerships with networks or aggregators where they own a, a group of agencies. So we'll team up with a aggregator or a network and then they will endorse and get us in front of the agencies that they own. So multiple agencies at once. Okay, nice. Very interesting. So how did you guys fund all of this? You, well, actually, you already said partially that uh, you previously owned an agency. So you built up relationships like that. And this was also an independent agency. So essentially, you were you built a product for yourself. Initially. Yeah, yeah, which okay. we never got to use for our, at our agency because we sold the agency and then we built the product. So uh, but we knew it was going to help all these other agencies. So uh, we used our equity that were, you know, that cashed out of the agency. We turned around and used that to start Lovebox. So kind of bootstrapped the product from the beginning. And then in March of this year, uh, of 2021, we actually were funded a seed round through a handful of uh, investors that helped us fund the next phase of the of development. Um, so that's kind of where we're at now. Okay. How much did you guys raise? We raised $3 million at that point. Well, yeah, that's nice. So probably not that much dilution if you guys already had the relationship. So did you raise before your first cup? No, after you already said. So you already have you already have 245 customers or maybe 200 at that moment. And then it uh, must have been yeah, probably not that hard to raise $3 million, right? No, that was the easy part. Um, and yeah. now the hard part is taking our the capital and turning it into the next phase of the technology, which is going to include a digital marketplace. Basically, if I'm a client of an agency, where do I buy more insurance from that agency? I can just use Glovebox to say, hey, I already have a home policy with you. I want to buy auto insurance from you. I can open up Glovebox and select get a quote. And either that's going to send that information to the agency saying, I'm ready to buy more insurance from you, or it is going to uh, give me a quote by an issue scenario where I can just buy it right there. I can just buy it from the agency. It's going to quote for me and it's going to sell it. So, mm -hmm. um, so the marketplace is, is in place or in development. 
the other thing that we're building is the Slack of insurance. So uh, you're familiar with Slack, I'm sure. Um, sure, yeah. Message Center. Um, we're putting basically our own proprietary Slack inside of Glovebox so that an agency can speak to their client and vice versa through the app. Okay, very interesting. So I want to get back to the business model, but actually before that, I mean, your business sounds perfect. So I guess the the question is, I mean, there must there must be others doing this, uh, or are you guys a relatively unique product? Um, how does the competition look? The competition is only a couple of other companies. The reason that we're unique is because we're connected to the carrier systems. We're connected to the carriers. Um, the competition is connected to the management system. So when you're a agency, you typically have a management system where you say, hey, these are all my clients. Here's all their files. Here's all their data. That can have a plug-in with an app, right? So you can provide an app to your clients and it's plugged into your management system. But we take the other route. We're saying, hey, the business is actually being written through these carriers. Let's plug into them. That's the real documents, the real data. And let's display it on behalf of the agency on the carrier side. So that's the differentiation. We're the only ones doing it on the carrier side. Okay. Yes, that definitely makes sense. Got your USP, got your customers, got everything. So now back to the business model. I'm I'm a bit surprised you guys go with a monthly fee since it's a finance business. I mean, the agencies themselves, they must get paid through cuts of the policies. So why didn't you guys decide to go for, you know, an, a tiny little itty-bitty fee that's a, that's a revenue share fee? Yeah, um, I think it's because it's still, you got to get your market share in place. So it's proving to the agency that it's valuable through that month-to-month agreement. And uh, we, do, we do do a month-to-month agreement versus an annual term because we want, them to sh- we want to show them that this product is going to be valuable for them. And then from there... I'm sure we haven't talked about it yet that our pricing could change. But for now, it's that monthly payment. Okay. And and is it monthly payment flat per agency or monthly payment per, yeah. you know? It's, um, it's based on how many clients they have at their agency. So they're in a bucket, basically. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I like the approach of going, going for broad reach. I mean, I would love to have uh, 245 agencies in my app. And I mean, that then... The 245 agencies then have dozens of customers underneath, so you're probably looking at thousands of actual users. We have, at the moment, uh, we have 55,000 users of the app. We have another four or 500,000 contacts that we're still rolling out to, so that user base is going to increase drastically over the coming months. And then we're also bringing on new larger agencies that are made up of another few thousand. So it's um, growing very quickly. Very excited. I mean, if I could have gotten in on that seed round, I mean, it looks uh, looks very juicy. Yeah, it's uh, a lot a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, do you see the the independent agency industry in in the U.S. Growing more in this direction, and you said that it, it happened last year. So I personally, I, I love going direct. You know, there's always startups that cut out the middleman and things. So, what do you see of the the future in agencies, and and why are they there? For in any case, I think that um, the value from a client's perspective to use an independent independent agent is very glaring. If I have to work with a company where I don't have a relationship. It's very strange. It's just me reaching out to a call center and having them service my policy versus an agent who you know, like, and trust. And that's a valuable process for a very important 
not a commodity, but a product that you need to have in your life. And so there is this human element of knowing the person and knowing the agents, and that's going to grow more as technology gets better, as things like what we're doing are being implemented into these agencies. And so the independent channel is growing like crazy. A lot of people are moving from the direct side to the independent agent side. So maybe just speaking from from perspective of a you know policyholder, one of the things that I notice a lot of insurance do, which I guess is not in the interest of the agent, it's in the interest of, of, of the carrier, is to make it as hard as possible to submit a policy. And I'm wondering your opinions on this. I mean, personally, that's generally speaking, when I have any kind of claim that's a small claim, I am so incredibly lazy. And also, I mean, my time is quite valuable. So I can always squeeze in more hours that I could bill to someone. If I spend, you know, half an hour figuring out exactly what form to, to print out, and I don't even have a printer, obviously. Yeah, how does the how does your business fit into that? Do you see, could you potentially help somebody submit their policy to, uh, sorry, submit their claim? Or is that something that carriers are always going to uh, have a hold of? At the moment, that's something that, um, you know, we bridge over to their system. And at that point, they have the experience with that company's system. So if I was to go progressive.com, submit a claim, that's the experience that they have with that company. We're just bringing that experience into the app. And so that's what it's still the same experience. It's just going through your agency to get there. Uh Outside of that, nothing's different at the moment. I mean, we're going to work on these APIs that can help the experience evolve and be more streamlined. But uh, for now, kind of is what it is. <laughs> but do you think it's theoretically possible? I mean, if the independent agent has the best interest of all the insurers uh, in mind, then making it as easy as possible, I, maybe this is a question. So can your agent submit a claim for you? Is that something that is ever possible? No, no it has to be the, the individual because, you know, they're the ones who are controlling their scenario. Um, so they, they have to be the ones to initiate it. The agent cannot do it on their behalf. Uh-huh. Yeah, interesting. I mean, that's that's the thing that I would be like if I had some. I mean, it's going a bit off topic, but I'm just trying to explore this space. Yeah, I mean, if I had uh, an insurance option where I don't know, I knew that it was automated, or I knew that it was like one or two clicks away, instead of it being as complicated as possible, it's definitely the one that I would go with. Totally. Yeah, if we're gonna, if we can evolve on there and that, that would be huge, and we will. It's just a matter of when, and the, if the carriers can help us get to that point. Well, I mean, that's actually that was my point is that I think they don't want that. Like they want it to be as complicated as possible, and so I think it's interesting that in in your market that you have these agents who who are looking out for the interests of the insuree and probably are also keeping their eye open in case the insuree could like switch policy to another carrier. I guess I see the mar- I see this possibility there that they would, you know, potentially push for an easier way of submitting a claim because for their business they don't lose any money if the insurer makes a claim, right? Only the carrier loses money. Not necessarily true. Um, if the, a lot of their clients are making claims, that means they're writing bad business, and they do have control over that. So the agency would lose money at that point. Okay. Okay. So the so the revenue of the agency is not just on signing. There's yeah, some end yeah. of year checks also. Something called a loss ratio. And if there's a bad loss ratio where they're losing money on their clients, then they do not, uh, they could lose their contract with that company or they can be reduced commissions. So. Oh, very interesting. Okay, checks and balances, they're always there. 
Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much, Andy. It's and, been yeah. yeah, this is cool. I love kind of walking through the, the model and telling you guys how this works. Yeah, well, uh, we'll be releasing soon and I uh, uh, hope to see you around. Thanks for your intro. Yeah, thanks, Ruben. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Bye.